everybody welcome to another episode of let me know i'm your host angel lamb today i'm sitting with teresa flores teresa is an interceptional artist based in los angeles her work examines identity and wellness and it includes drawings video and social practices teresa has led programs in los angeles county museum of art the museum of contemporary art at san diego and spike art courtly in berlin and her artwork was featured in the exhibition Centennial 100 Years of Otis College Alumni. She has taught visual culture at California State University of Fresno and for Armory Center of Arts in Pasadena. She holds an MFA in public practice from Otis College of Art and Design and most recently received a certificate of appreciation for the city of Los Angeles for Project Experimental Quesadilla Lab. Like I said, today I'm sitting with Teresa. You know, this episode was super fun. I think it was too fun for me. Um, I make a lot of jokes and I don't know if they all landed with her. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily all funny, but I tried. I tried entertaining her a little bit. I was super tired, but what else is new, right? I'm super tired right now. I'm recording at pretty much at 11 at night and you know, today was my day off and I decided, you know what, let me record this before I go on my little vacay. So hopefully you guys are having a good day. Make sure you check her out on Instagram at Teresa Flores or Teresa Flores. I really don't know how to say it, but I'll spell it out for you guys. It's T-E-R-E-E-S-A-F-L-O-O-R-E-S. Also, make sure you go check out her link tree on her account so you can see some of her work. I really enjoyed her hand sanitizers with the little golden flower. That's why I call it. I don't know how you call it, what the real name of it. I don't even know, you know, the, the, the type of art that would be. You know, as I was editing this episode, I was like, man, like, why why do I want to, you know, actual name for it? Maybe it's not, it doesn't have a name, and that's okay if it doesn't have a name. But for me, it's flowering, so we're going to call it flowering. Also, before you know, I go any further and let you guys listen to the show, make sure you go add us at Let Me Know Pod Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you leave a five star review. Leave us, you know, some some word of encouragement. Hopefully you guys are sharing the episodes with your friends or with enemies, with whoever the hell you want. You know, the more visual, the more eyes we get, the more ears we get onto the, the podcast, the more attention people like Teresa will get. And at the end of the day, this is what it's all about is to help get attention to those that are doing something out in the world, something that they're passionate about. 
and you know get some eyes and hopefully you know if if everything goes well they they could sell some of the work so if you're interested in that like i said make sure you go to her link tree she does have some things that are in sale i recommend you go get some some of that hand sanitizer with the little firing i will be giving away a bottle so make sure to listen to the whole episode so you know how you could win all right guys that's it for me hope you guys are enjoying your day if you don't hear from me right now or in a couple weeks like i said on the last episode i'm gonna be taking a little small break but i'll come back with more energy and some other you know other guests and as of right now i don't know who it is that's why i'm not seeing there but i know it's gonna be somebody great and if even if i don't find somebody you'll still help for me i'll do a solo bolo so make sure you you send them some questions that way it makes it a little easier for me to record those solo bolos and that way i could address whatever your, your questions are you know at the end of the day they're for us you know to come together and talk and maybe pick my brain if that's something you want or maybe there's a topic maybe you need help with something you need advice whatever it is send it to me send me a dm at let me know pod or you can send me an email at let me know pod at gmail.com all right guys so i'm gonna let you guys into this episode i know you guys are gonna love it so i'll let you do that and then we'll talk again in the outro all right enjoy up everybody welcome back so today i'm sitting with teresa flores she's an artist and educator from fresno 
I think she lives in East LA now. I don't know because I really like her work. I enjoyed it and it's especially one piece in particular. But before we get into all that, and I want to know how you are. How how are you? And maybe get into how how COVID is affecting you. Because you know, still people still out they're out here wilding out, but in reality, you know, it's still part of our lives. And you being an artist, I'm sure it affects you, you know, creatively. So um, but first, tell us a little. No, no, yeah, tell us how you are. Thanks for having me on the show, Angel. Yeah. Um, so, how am I? Gosh, I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm struggling along with everybody else. Like I got my good days and I got my rough days. When COVID hit, it was at the same time that I was healing from a surgery that I had in December, and so like I had so been looking forward to being like feeling great and being able to do all these things I hadn't done for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, stay home. Everybody has to stay home. Oh, and all of your work is canceled. So, um, so I've been just finding ways to adapt, like, cause I'm an artist. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can make art and do art things on the internet or in other ways that aren't as publicly engaged as they were before with what I did. Um, so I'm working with a mutual aid group called Ready to Help. And um, we have lately been helping supply groceries to families who are in need right now, whether they're like out of work or they have somebody in the house who has COVID and they can't leave the house to get groceries. We get the groceries to them, um, things like that. So yeah, that's, that's how I'm doing. Like I'm finding ways to adapt and then I'm also trying to find ways to help out where I can. Yeah, I mean, I could only, I see, I saw the stuff that you're doing and you had some good opportunities. I know you were at LACMA, you were doing like some yoga there and I'm yeah. sure like, and then, you know, like you just mentioned, you, you had a surgery and I'm sure like this was supposed to be the year, you know, re be the year. <laughs> well, where you're going to be reborn and you person, no more pain, you know, but Hey, you know, things happen for a reason. But like, it, I mean, this is not just you going through it. Like, we're all going through it, too. Yeah, so, at le- so at least you could, like, we could all bond on that, how shitty this year is. And actually, I've been thinking about it. Like, can we do, like, a national, like, petition or something? Like, where 2020 didn't happen this year. Like, we could just do it for next year or something. Like, Yeah, like, it's weird because there's going to be just these weird gaps in everybody's life. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think we're just culturally going to have to like throw the year out or make an exception for it. Yeah. But hey, you know, I mean, I'm sure for some people it's a good year. So maybe they're, they're probably aren't going to want to be part of getting rid of this whole year altogether. But hey, yeah. I mean, I can't say that it's a bad year for me. It's just a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it gives me an opportunity to save. So like I guess it's just perspective. You sometimes you got you just have to look at the bright side of things. You you can't focus on the negativity because then you're gonna you know you're gonna carry that energy with you. Sometimes just look at the positive things. Like for me, like I was like getting into debt at the rate that I was going, I would have like been much more debt. But because I'm not going out, I, like I'm not eating, I'm not looking for excuses to spend, you know, to go out. Then I'm able to save a little bit. So. 
No, yeah, but that's not I me. Mean, enough about me. You know, we're here to get to know you. I, like I told you, like before we record, I'm a talker. So if you give me like a little space, I'm gonna take it. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Wait, you um, want me to like talk over you or? <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I right, will tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Like honestly, I can't. I don't know how to describe your art. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I like I told you earlier. Like I really like your like the, the like what you do with the bottles the painting like i think it's like flowery or something like yeah it's the... a flourish um yeah how to describe my work i mean i work interdisciplinarily so um a lot of what i do is based on either like some kind of value or an issue or a concept and then i find the medium i want to talk about it through so like i started out doing drawing and painting and then I moved into video. And then while I was in grad school, I focused more on video, but then I started looking at things like cooking and yoga and like a bunch of other things. And so while I was there, one of my colleagues introduced me to um, like this custom painting of bottles that she would do at department stores around LA. And, um, like I worked in retail for a long time too, so I'm I'm used to like retail environments, and I was like, oh, that would be cool to like go back because I used to do stock like you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my god, that would be so cool if I could go from being like the stock girl to like chilling in a chair in the middle of the store and painting. Well, that'd be cool, <laughs> right? Like I, I have I have like fantasies of me, but not painting, like taking naps and like people like like oh yeah you go that harder that harder you know encouraging me to that like it's a come up you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so um so yeah so my friend kind of uh connected me with some vendors and so i would what i used to do before the pandemic was i would go to like bloomingdale's or nordstrom's or Saks, and like the vendors would contract with me to do launches for their events so i would paint these like flourishy gold and silver frilly designs on these like really expensive fragrance bottles. And then I'd write like happy birthday or whatever on the back. Um, But the stores are closed now and I still like what I'm doing and people still enjoy it. And so I was like, well, how can I still make this accessible? Because also like I was doing it in department stores. Like you have to actually like be shopping at Nordstrom and I don't actually do that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, you know, let, let me see um, if people I know who like follow me on the gram would be interested in my work. So I started painting on like Windex bottles and like Germex and Tapatio. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like, I like, I mean, also like how you display it. Like, you have this little round thing that just spins around. Like, <laughs> damn, I need one of those for like, like when I have a sticker, like I do stickers all the time, I give them away. Uh-huh. And like when I give away a sticker, like that'd be nice, like 360, like you can see the <laughs> back, like it's blank, but still, like you can see the back. Yeah, um, it's just it's total like level up. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, like what would you call it though? Like, is that like what you're known for? Is that like your signature thing? You know, like I don't know what you would name it. That's kind of my thing as of this year. Like I've been doing it for, I don't know, like six or seven years now, but I really just kind of kept it off to the side and away from the rest of my art practice. Um, 
but a lot of what I do with art, I'm really interested in like how everybody can own art or how we can all make art or just, you know, have like a piece of it there. So this has just kind of been my thing where I'm like trying to figure out like how do we get something that's like customizable and frilly like to somebody because it'll, it'll just like brighten up your day a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a work of art at the end of the day, like, like people that like want to have things at, at their job, but they can have a big ass Picasso painting or something like that, you know, you got something small. And then, I mean, also it's a, like a talking point, you know, like, oh, what's that? And then they could start a conversation and share ideas and maybe like art and maybe they'll hook you up and they're like, oh, they'll tell you who, where they got it from. So that's mm-hmm. cool. I really, really like that. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's custom. It's art. It's one of a kind. I like to imagine in a hundred years, these bottles popping up on Antiques Roadshow. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. a dream, you know, like, cause it is like, it's a work of art. I'm an artist. Like you said, like I've worked with a lot of different like institutions and shown my art in different places. And I'm like, I teach art. Like, I think it would be cool to, I think it's cool when artists can make things that everybody can have. Mm-hmm. And like, where do you get your inspiration from though? Like to do, I know like maybe for you it's simple, like the, you already got it down to like, to like a science, but like, where do you like, I can't do things, you know, if I don't feel like doing them, you know? So like, where do you get inspiration to do? Like, I mean, you, like you said, you also do other mediums, you know, you do video, but like, so like, where do you get these ideas to like make things happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, a lot of times I'm like asking myself a question or I'm concerned about something and I want to investigate it further. And so I'm like, okay, what, in what way can I like learn more about this and make it an opportunity for other people to discuss it? Mm. And then I start thinking about, okay, like, you know, if I, if I put this on like a bottle of Tapatio, then this be, can become like a kitchen discussion. Mm. Or um, like I have a pop-up kitchen project that I do, the Experimental Quesadilla Lab. Yeah, that's and, a, that's an experiment place that I want to attend. You know, I want to, like, I want to get my, my doctorate in like quesadilla, make it, you know, at least <laughs> be a guinea pig and tasting them, you know. I, I'll be the lab rat for that lab, but we'll <laughs> talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> you can be the official experimental quesadilla lab lab rat. <laughs> there we go. I don't really know much of it, but I mean, you had me at quesadilla, so <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to the, the experimental part. <laughs> okay, so the experimental quesadilla lab is a project that I started in 2013, right when I was finishing grad school. Quesadillas have like sustained my existence <laughs> uh, for a very long time, especially when I was a kid. It was always like my go-to snack. Yeah, and like when I was in grad school, like, you know, you don't got time to cook or eat. So I would just like make quesadillas and run off to class. And at the same time in grad school, I was exposed to all these like really fancy cheeses Mm -hmm. that like I didn't eat those cheeses in Fresno. We eat like orange or yellow cheese, like, Mm -hmm. you know. And so in grad school, there's like brie and like weird crumbly stuff and it smells and it has stripes. And I got kind of curious. And so I went to Trader Joe's, which was very new to me. And I bought like a blueberry cheese. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this except make a quesadilla. 
because you know what do you do with fancy cheese so i did that but then i was like oh my god like culturally what i just did there would be people who very much disapprove of me doing this like this would be like i think well probably at the time more like there would be people who are like that's not how a quesadilla is made you know like so i got to thinking like what if i made like an experimental quesadilla lab and so the idea is based that you get ingredients from stores around wherever the lab is popping up and you get the ingredients based on what your budget is of course so you can go to like food for less and get stuff or the, and then you know if in the neighborhood there's also like one of those fancy bougie grocery stores you go there too and grab some fancy cheese and then you have them all together and then from there people have to examine like you know, are you a vegan? Do you have ethical restrictions? Is there even a vegan cheese available here for you to make a quesadilla? Like, what are you gonna do? Um, do you have like lactose intolerance? Like, what are your restrictions based on what's available? And then they have like a whole like lab slip based on the scientific method. And so you make your quesadilla based on the exercises in the lab slip, but then you share it. So people kind of learn about you, like, why did you make this decision? Like, what does this quesadilla say about you, your body, your culture, things like that. So it's kind of like, it's a, it's a talking point, but it's also like a sharing. That's cool. I mean, you had me at blueberry cheese. That's awesome. Like I've never experimented <laughs> like that. Usually I, like it's mozzarella or like Mexican cheese, but yeah. yeah, I like that. I mean, like you're trying something new, I guess like for you, you're, you're more like like science like based you know like you want to know like the back behind it but like i just want to eat it i want to see how it tastes with the tortilla like like some cheeses you eat them cold some of them are meant to eat them warm mm -hmm. like to put them together in some like like something that's familiar to me you know like i've always been around quesadillas like like till this day like that's the go-to snack you know when you don't want to cook something you want something like fast Mm -hmm. But that's kind of filling, you know. If you eat like fifteen of them, like I do, so <laughs> it'd be, you know, it's it's a it's a good and it's portable too. Like like you mentioned, like you, you being a student, you needed something on the go, something quick, and mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, I, I really would I would have never thought to do something like that. I don't really like it's to tell you the truth is really like past me. Like like <laughs> if, like all these ideas, like I'll just be there to eat the cheeses. Yeah, the no, that's what it's there for. It's like. I wouldn't think over here, check out what's here, see what you can make from it, but share it with somebody. Yeah, I mean, of course, I would make my own little like blends and stuff, you know, different cheeses, but like you actually put some thought into like I did, I thought deeply yeah. about it. I mean, obviously you you had to. It's you know, like something that you probably it is was this something for school that you you were doing or um this was part of my master's thesis yeah see i figured you needed to like put real thought into it like for me i wouldn't i would have been super fun like hey i would have probably forgot about like the thesis part and just let's get these cheeses you know and you, you think you, and that's smart though i like the the whole um thinking about where the cheeses are coming from Mm -hmm. like the areas because you know not all stores have the same kind of cheeses like the fancy ones have like brie like gouda and yeah. they have like they have with the fig jam they have with like cherry jam or but like you can't get that in most stores or if you do it's not natural you know it's all processed yeah and like that's all yeah thinking about what you're consuming you know who who's it available for you know that's i like that that like 
that perspective you know it ma- makes people think like why why in all communities offer the same type of cheeses you know in this case and i like that the, the thought behind it oh well, hopefully i don't know i mean with covid i mean maybe we could do that at home like the the, well, that's the challenge you no, know that, that's exactly it actually i'm doing something like that in august with la art core and okay. i'll keep you guys updated but yeah there is a quesadilla challenge kind of coming up yeah, yeah. Um, but the whole idea like behind the quesadilla lab was like when i moved out here from fresno to la i was like the first place i was in was west la mm-hmm. and i was like whoa this is like bougie fancy next level I'm, I'm not in fresno anymore and um and so i started looking at like the way that um like these foods that we have like especially foods like from the central valley that are grown in the central valley you they suddenly become like really kind of like fancy and expensive and they're presented really like extraordinarily mm-hmm. um in these restaurants and I'm like, you can make this stuff in your kitchen. And we are making this stuff in our kitchen. We do experiment in our kitchen. And so it was the idea of like taking what we're already doing at home and in the kitchen and experimenting with and bringing it out into the public and doing that in public and talking about it. Like I said, it's way beyond my <laughs> capability. No, you're, you're following like, I like, I like it. I like it though. I still like it because I get to eat quesadillas at the end. Yeah. That's a good experiment. That's an experiment I could get behind. <laughs> and like, you don't have to like, I don't know, think too, like people come to it and either they want to get a quesadilla and like, that's it. And I don't mind. But then there's other people who maybe like later on, it'll click in their brain and be like, oh my God, that's what this was about. And yeah, I think that the, that one would be me. Like, every, I would treat it like Costco with the free samples. I was just going back and forth, back and forth until you start explaining it more. Like, oh, so we're not here just to track quesadillas. We're actually here to learn something. All yeah, right, yeah. Let me, let me get one more, just so. To, like, <laughs> or, like, I'll help you I'll study. study. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need, yeah, I need something to study in a while. Yeah. I'm learning all this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, also, I saw that you were inspiration for this um, this piece of art. Uh, this It's called Teresa's Flower Guts. So can you tell us about that? So that is a piece by Sonia Romero. And she's a printmaker. And um, Sonia works with models and just like people that she knows. And so I came in for to model for her one day and she was kind of like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with this, you know, but I was like, all right, you know, let's just figure this out. But at that time, um, I was going through like a lot of really serious health issues. I have endometriosis. Uh-huh, and Can you tell okay. us what that is, please? I, if you don't have to. Um, no, I will tell turn. you. Okay, cool. I will. Okay, so endometriosis is a um, women's reproductive chronic illness that affects one in 10 women. And it takes up to seven years to get diagnosed with it because the symptoms of it are so um, misleading and confusing. And so um, it can lead to infertility. Um, It can cause a lot of pain, like, daily just based on what you eat even or what your activity level is like um it's not degenerative so it's like not going to kill you but it could just leave you like in a lot of pain and unable to have children which in addition affects like your relationships and your friendships and like how much you can go to work or not like do you call in sick or not and things like that 
Um, so it's um, like, there's like the lining of the uterus. Uh, they're still figuring out exactly how to, what the theory is, it keeps changing. But um, this endometrial tissue, it will build up around um, the uterus and the fallopian tubes and the ovaries, and it'll build cysts. And, um, and the cysts will grow. And so they either need to be like removed. There's two, two ways to remove them, which is like the standard way is they just kind of go in and like laser them off. Like you're like, like you've got like a weed whacker or something. Mm -hmm. And that's totally reckless. Or um, the proper way to do it is to find an excision specialist who is trained to go in there and like cut them out carefully. Yeah, like you're like removing weeds one by one. And um, so I was diagnosed with that in 2005 and it has affected my life like every day since then um, in one way or the other. And so like in 2018, it really like took me out with chronic fatigue and like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even make my bed. I was so tired and it went like that for two years. I had to get re-diagnosed with it. So Sonia contacted me and um, I went into model for her and I was telling her about what I was going through with all these like medical issues and how frustrated I was. And um, we had this idea that I would, the focus would be just on me and my lower abdomen, my woman guts, and um, just kind of documenting that point in my life there. I, so, oh, sorry, sorry, so, go ahead. So yeah, so, so it wound up being put on like this box and um, it was kind of cool because I was able to like tell my friends like, hey, look, I'm on a box. <laughs> and like a lot of my friends and family like ordered the boxes because they wanted to have like this little like Teresa box in their home. It was, is this something that was hand painted or just like like printed on a box? Um, so we started out where I modeled for her and she took some photos and then I don't know her exact process. She goes into Photoshop somewhere and she like digitizes it, but then she transfers it over and hand draws it and she does hand cut stencils. So I'm not sure exactly what her process was. Okay, well, I mean, if I need to know more, I'll ask her, I guess. You could, yeah. You yeah, yeah and, but so on the box, what does it have? Does it like have anything like butterflies or something like oh yes let me describe it oh inside the box oh oh inside the box yeah does that i know i saw it you had butterflies like it was the one i saw was blue the one you have on your eyes. yeah it's like yeah blue. we'll describe oh. it for people yeah it's like uh it's like a blue background print with like these black outlines everywhere there's um i think there's pansies or peonies in the background mm -hmm. And then it's me standing there kind of looking down and like my pants are open a little bit, <laughs> but I'm like holding, kind of holding my, my woman guts, my, my lower abdomen area. Mm. Um, but what's inside the box, I remember there was like some Dove conditioner and a keychain and some nail polish and like some fragrance samples. And it was like a beauty box. And so oh, that's like, cool. I also saw that you have this. Oh, I think I mentioned it earlier. You do yoga, right? You do this. Um, it's but it's called Tama Yoga. It's mm -hmm. um, focused on the art of R Rufino uh, Tamayo, I believe. Tamayo. And you do this at, at, at LACMA, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. that. That looks pretty cool. Like I like the names of it, like of the poses that you do. But like, I feel like people could benefit from it. You know, you, you're, you're starting, like, you went from doing that lockman, now you're doing it on Zoom, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of a limited series. LACMA had a Rufino Tamayo exhibit at um, their Charles White Gallery in MacArthur Park. But as we know, everything's closed. So we did, I think we did like one or two sessions in the gallery, which is where it was meant to take place. And we basically, like I studied the, I work with my collaborator, Rebecca Plevin, and she's a certified yoga teacher. And um, she and I studied the work of Rufino Tamayo and we looked at ways that we can incorporate either the movements that he does when he's making the art or the subjects of his work um, into a yoga session and so like that way you learn about yoga and you learn about art while you're moving so instead of like standing in front of a painting and looking at it you um, actually like maybe feel what the model in the work is doing like the position that they are or and you learn more about like what went into the work while you're doing the movement so like how you were telling me earlier that you don't like reading but you like talking to people and learning yeah because like we all have different ways of learning yeah. so same thing with like standing in front of art like some people you can do that but it might be more effective if you like move and learn about the art yeah so like, how did you hear about uh, Rufino? Um, LACMA actually approached me because I had done a previous series called Fred's Yoga. Mm -hmm. And so Rebecca and I integrated, we kind of localized yoga because when you look at the positions of yoga, they're based in like India or the Middle East or Africa, depending on the style of yoga that you're doing. And so those are all about like the landscape and the spirituality and the animals in those parts of the world. And I was like, well, what if I like relocated yoga to Fresno? Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, okay, well, there's the Dolores Huerta and the Cesar Chavez who were like the warrior one and the warrior two, mm -hmm. you know, honoring them. Um, and then there's like the downward bulldog after like the Fresno State Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so like, people in the area are already familiar with these things and this history and if they're not they're they're like actually moving to it and learning about it yeah that's smart thanks yeah so then somebody at LACMA saw it and um Chelo Montoya I'll give her name she's the assistant VP of education there I believe I got her title right but um she was curious to see how something like that might adapt to like an art exhibit mm. so we worked with that and like were these specific like what, what kind of medium does he work with like is it painting what he's a printmaker okay so, so like were you surrounded by his work while you're doing like the, the poses mm -hmm. oh. like we were like in the art gallery with his artwork around this he's a printmaker but he's like next level printmaker like he didn't want his prints just to be like flat on the paper he wanted to add texture and make them really sculptural and have them have like layers and stuff mm -hmm. so. oh, that's cool i like that type of word like you could touch it and feel it like because they go like they might go over and over it so many times that like it just pops up like it looks 3d three-dimensional yeah yeah except this stuff was like under glass you can't touch it but uh -huh. well i mean <laughs> I, I guess that's good if you're posing you know like you won't if you hit it yeah we had to be careful of that while we were in the gallery like because you know galleries aren't really made for people to do yoga in so 
we had to get a lot of okays from admins at LACMA to to do that. So like like what kind of like what I guess what level of like yoga could it be like like me I've never like I've I've only done like yoga but like not really you know like like, like, <laughs> like okay. it's like when you when you go down you arch your back that's pretty much like the extent of the yoga that I've done but like what what kind of levels like do you have yeah. to have like experience like doing yoga or no 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 we make it for beginners Okay. Because it's not necessarily like we're trying to get you the best workout or like challenge your yoga practice if you're like a yoga pro. Like, you know, we're trying to talk about like learning while you move, learning about a specific topic. So it's, you know, we don't necessarily want you to get lost in like trying to focus on a pose. So it's for everybody. And is it going on still? Like, can people like, I know. Uh, people were like subscribing or they were like i don't know how how does it even work because like you said like um you were doing it there but then you started doing it through zoom so like how does that work can people still do it um okay so yeah we had to adapt it to zoom because the gallery closed and then we did a couple of performances via zoom and they were just kind of there for the moment like they're not on the lacma website or anything and we don't want to record people while they're in their homes and things like that you yeah. know we don't want to get into that um, so, and the Rufino Tamayo exhibit closed. Um, so like the actual session, that series is done, but I did make a poster. So if people wanted to um, try it out at home, there's a poster up for sale in the LACMA store, but there's also a free PDF version that you can print out at home. Mm -hmm. so, and, like, mm -hmm. and like talking about posters, I know, um, like personally, I can't, I can't jump a fence to save my life, but luckily, like you, you had something like specifically teaching people how to jump fences. So, like, tell me about it. Like, it looks pretty cool. Like, I, 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 I need to like carry my phone. The problem is, I need to carry my phone to like step by step. And, like, <laughs> I saw this like you have number three and number two at the same time, but like I don't think I'm flexible enough to do that. Like, I don't know. Am I gonna have to do a flip and like those my both of those? Like that's your style. You do that, the ninja flip over the fence. Like know? I would like just straight up. Like I would just get stuck on the fence. I don't think I would like do an actual flip or anything. But yeah, tell us about that. Like, um, how to jump a fence? Yeah. Okay. So how to jump a fence is that's a print that I have up for sale right now with Dominique Gallery. Um, but it's based off of Andy Warhol's dance steps artwork that he has it's on it's that that's part of the collection at the Broad if you walk around the Broad you'll see it and it's like this diagram of like how to do a waltz or something like that that he did and so I was thinking about like just ways that we learn from each other and ways that we teach things and generally if you're learning how to jump a fence it's because you're watching somebody else or you're just kind of jumping in and doing it and there's no like formal way to do it but I just kind of thought it was like absurd if I created a diagram for how to jump a fence. Because um, I did look it up and I think there's like a wiki how with like instructions on like how to jump a fence, which is like, I don't know, maybe somebody would do that. So I have this little chain link fence diagram with like hands and feet numbers coordinated in what area and how you jump the fence. And I have three different versions of it because I, uh, was just thinking about the different ways that people jump fences. I was 
substitute teaching at a high school up in Fresno and my classroom was next to a fence and I would just watch students hop the fence all day going back and forth and and you know but there's like different ways that they do it or like sometimes it's cute because they'll like the, the guy will get on his knee and like hold his hands out and the girls put her foot up there and he like helps her hop the fence and mm -hmm. it's cute yeah <laughs> I've never been able to jump a fence I have no like upper body so like you know like I wouldn't be able to, I would probably beat the like I would need my friend to like help me do that like carry me on your shoulders <laughs> yeah. bro like something <laughs> Like, like when, like whenever I did have to jump off, like not a fence, but like, I remember like where, where I lived, like there was this like concrete wall and I would carry this tire around just in case I needed to climb that fence and I would use it to boost myself up. But the problem is I would always get stuck on the other side because like, I couldn't like, I wasn't smart enough to like, or like strong <laughs> enough to tell you to, to like lift the, the tire because yeah. like, so I would yeah. get stuck and like, I would need my, my, my friend to like, you know like go over there by the corner and like yeah i couldn't really jump the fence like that like them i want to be cool like them but like i would i need to find a hole like somewhere where there was a hole so i would need to like walk pretty much a mile around the block just so i could get out and like my homies were at my like where i lived and i would have to, i was like a mile away because i couldn't jump so where were you when i needed you that's <laughs> my question I don't, I don't know. I couldn't have helped you get on the other side, though. It's kind of tricky. <laughs> uh, but you're right, though. Like, you know, you, if you jump the fence, you know, sometimes you're only doing it to get one way. Like, you're, you know, like, there's different reasons that we jump fences. And there's yeah. different reasons that, like, it's not always a fence. But there's different reasons that we show each other how to do these things. Mm -hmm. you know and gets us free or it gets to, to wherever we're trying to go well tell me the thought process behind it because like based on the uh, experimental quesadilla you put some thought into like not just like the like how it looks not just but yeah like right now the way you're describing it is like you actually put some more thought into it i could already tell it's more about like immigration and all this stuff right like yeah i, I mean i'm um yeah i i you, i'll get eventually i'll you get there this. eventually i'll get there but you're yeah, there like, yeah you yeah well, i mean tell me tell me more like what was <laughs> the intent behind it um yeah i mean initially i was looking at just the like i said like the ways that we jump fences and the ways that people do it but then you look a little more closely and it's like why are we doing this like to you know why would we teach each other these things why is this necessary um, you know, sometimes you're on the run or there's something that you need to access that you don't have access to and the only way to get it is, you know, through jumping the fence. There may not be a gate that's left open for you to go through it, you know, like physically and metaphorically. So, um, yeah, just to have these diagrams, it kind of points out the absurdities of the ways that we access things or can't access things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and you said people could still find these like is it still available like how yeah. big are these are these print, like poster prints or like little small ones there's um there's larger prints i want to say they're about three by five mm -hmm. and then there's smaller ones i think they're about like 12 by 16 something like that but they're on the dominique gallery website if you go to dominiquegallery.com i'd have to look it up but if you google dominique gallery um the prints are up there for sale 
And like, how does it work? Like, do you just do it once they pay you and then that's it? Or do you get commission based on like every print that sold? Yeah, that's a good question. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's, it's based on the amounts of print. So we have like a, this run that we did, it's like a limited number. Um, the print is special because it's gray on black or black on gray. Um, and the original piece that I have is white on black. So this is just like kind of a smaller one. And, um, yeah, so the way that galleries work out is you price the print and then the gallery will take a commission for selling it. And then the artist gets the rest of the, the fee for their work. Okay. And so we have like a limited number of those. So, um, well, let's go back to, um, you're like um i don't even know how, like i said i don't know how to describe it but like you painting painting on the bottles of tapatio and the windex and the yeah. hand sanitizer that don julio bottles yeah, so like so can people commission you to like do that for like let's say i have a party like a like um a baby shower and like i want to give like like little you know like i don't know like goodie bags and i want to like right now we all need the hand sanitizer you know so like 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 what about if I, can i get like the little small ones the ones that you carry on your pocket and can i commission you to do something like that totally totally that's that's a lot of what uh i really want to focus on right now too is like getting those kind of like hand-painted things out to people um yeah so if, there, if there's a party yeah hit me up like if you have like an idea for something something you want these flourishy things painted on like you know like message me they can find me on instagram or like facebook or through my website and yeah. i know and i also know that you were uh, you were doing it because you're partnering partnering up with um uh, what's, well, what's that ready to help like you were yeah. like raising money for them to buy groceries for families in LA right yeah so the the Windex was an auction I did it like one day maybe I'll do another bottle or two but um, I painted up this Windex and I put a lot of like gold flourishes on it and um, it felt really special and precious after I painted it up and it looks like just this really unique thing to keep and clean with and once you use all the Windex you can just refill it um, so I did those and then I painted up these hand sanitizer bottles and those are up for a $40 donation. If you're in the LA area, I can arrange to get it to over to you. If you're outside of LA, then if you add another $15 to the donation, then we can mail it over to you. But yeah, it's a fundraiser and, and yeah, these are like, they're legit, like recommended to, for like using sanitizing, cleaning, killing covid and things like that so and, and like like i said like right now like i see people having baby showers and birthdays like i think that's a nice like keepsake for like your guests yeah you know? i did a lot for like new year's and christmas time but i think yeah year round that would be great i love painting the don julio bottles like yeah that. i saw that they're like but my favorite has to be the tapatio like be my valentine or like you said something with the v i think or tapat oh yeah 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 be, be my tapatio man <laughs> there you go like that's cool like for valentine's day like you could give that to your significant other mm -hmm. you know i like it and did you do something for like um people that are like um 
identify as female, I guess. Or I don't even know how to be proper about it. I just gotta, you know, I'm sorry if that's not the proper way to ask the question. <laughs> I understand the point. Um, I didn't do any like female woman oriented bottles actually for the year, but I could probably do some. There were people who were requesting that I paint on the Cholula bottles. Ooh. Oh yeah, Cholula Tapatio. Yeah, so Valentina also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, there you guys go I, well i mean i don't want to take too much time i already took a lot and hopefully like i i get did, i mean i guess did i um ask or is everything that you wanted people to know about you and what you do like was i able to ask all the questions the right questions or if if i miss something like let us know because yeah like i i don't know i did some research but i, I couldn't like you know there's only so much time that I yeah no i mean there's there's never enough time. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, also, I, <laughs> with the customizations, I also paint on things like glass bongs and pipes. And that's oh. been a fun thing. So if anybody listening out there wants something like that custom painted, I can do that for them. Um, but re with regards to the quesadillas, um, if you follow me or LA Artcore on Instagram, um, we're going to have like a kind of quesadilla challenge later this month and right. so well that's when the heads up will you get a heads up all right well won't you tell everybody where they can follow you so they could get that you know that notification so we could all take that challenge because i'm already thinking about what i'm gonna put in my tortillas so. <laughs> awesome okay so my instagram i don't ever say it out loud so now i feel weird i just changed it it used to be something different it's Teresa Flores. So it's Teresa Flores, but it's Teresa, T-E-R-E-E-S-A, and then Flores, F-L-O-O-R-E-S. It's not simple. Is it simple? <laughs> I think so. I don't see <laughs> it. Simple enough? I guess because it's not with the E? Is that the issue? Or? It's Teresa Flores, but it's Teresa so, <laughs> so I, I guess um when when you were um when when we started recording you like I asked you like I like to ask people how to pronounce your name their last name and like mm -hmm. asked you and you said like you can mention you can say it however you want so you wanted to talk about it on the show so we're already gonna wrap up so before we go like tell me what the issue is with pronouncing <laughs> your name. Yeah, is there's people who are like they're not really sure if they want to say like Teresa or Teresa or like what you know and um, and I I don't really correct people most of the time most most of the time I don't know it like I grew up my family called me Teresa and then when I started school they had this big talk with me where they're like look people are gonna call you Teresa and it was like okay and so then it was Teresa for a really long time. And then I come out to LA and it's like Teresa again. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and I, these are things that like, I didn't really like guide people on or whatever, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's just kind of always shifting. So I was playing with it in my Instagram name, but it weirds me out and I might change it back. <laughs> well, I mean, if you do let me know so I can like update people, but hopefully like once this is out, at least wait till this episode's out to change it <laughs> i know <laughs> so you get those people that like at least those people that like enjoyed this episode and want then maybe they want to like commission you at least give them a chance to like find <laughs> you you know i'll hold out for them 
yeah at least wait till the, this episode's like out and at least out and um yeah so um and like i said like is there anything else that matter missed like that besides your quesadilla challenge and, and i don't know if you have anything else coming up i mean i have all kinds of things like um, there's a dia de los muertos exhibit up in fresno that i'll be part of in the fall um I have some art tutorial videos that I made with Pasadena Educational Foundation. If uh, anybody's stuck at home with their kids and feeling artsy, you can find those videos. They're up on uh, Vimeo, I think, actually. Um, and yeah, if, if anybody's looking, needs some help with mutual aid, you can contact Ready to Help. Or if you're looking to volunteer and just make a difference right now, you can work with Ready to Help as well. And like, is, do you have like a link tree where people can like click and find all these things? Yeah, actually, it's all on my Instagram. Yeah, I have the link tree on there with like eight links to a bunch of other things that I'm doing. Yeah, because like the the one, the art piece that you're talking about, it's like you drew like a flower, right? Or a, a leaf and then you used in like the negative space and you're drawing on it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I did. I did five different videos. So yeah, I mean, I yeah, I what I saw on like what I saw on Instagram. Yeah, and it's simple. Like you could do it like using natural light and you're able to like be creative at the same time and keep your children busy and that's a good idea if you have little kids or like yourself if you just are bored and you just want you don't want you're tired of like streaming stuff you just want to do something creative there you go that's a good option for them so yeah i think that's it um hopefully like i like i said i got all the info and i was able to like at least keep you entertained and not make it seem like you know, I know, I'm sure, like, you've asked, you've been asked all these questions over and over, and I'm sure, like, you might be tired. Oh, you're not? Okay. No, this is good. I really appreciate this. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, well, thank you. And I guess shout out to Alyssa for, for like, putting us together, right? Yeah. She's super nice. She has a podcast with her brother. And you already know that I, I, I'm starting to get into stock myself. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, before I become... You know, bougie, and I'm gonna get one of these Windex bottles, like so I could like spray with my little gold flake. You know, I'm gonna add flakes, gold flakes on my Windex bottles, and <laughs> share with their flowery outside with the gold trims and all that. I'm gonna be bougie, all right? So, so make sure you go listen to that episode and make sure you go check out um your work. You know, that's I, I like it. I'm sure other people are gonna like it too. Thank all right, you. so um. I don't know if you want to leave the, the episode on something, some some words, some encouragement. I know some people might need it right now. Um, I mean, yeah, we're all like in this kind of weird place right now. And um, I think it's a time where if you feel like making something or trying something new, it's a good time to do it. As long as it's safe and you're not hurting other people. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's such a weird, transition mode that if you are able to even if it's something like small and insignificant if it makes you just a little bit uncomfortable then it's probably good to take that because we can't go out and do the usual things that we used to be doing like for fun so now's the time to try out those things even if it means making art because there's these definitions around like who is an artist and who is a musician and you know are you trained to do these things properly just do it have fun with it yeah yeah be like nike and do it all right guys so i think that's it i'm gonna talk to you guys in a little bit and i'm gonna end the the recording with you but stay on i'm just gonna stop recording all right
I guess so I guess like nothing seamlessly you're gonna I'm just gonna transition to the, the little outro alright alright guys that was Teresa Flores right there make sure you go add her on Instagram at Teresa Flores um, she spells it out and she mentioned why it's spelled that way so make sure you go check it out before she changes the name and you can't find her anymore and also I will be doing a, a giveaway so make sure you go add her that way that's one last step of the giveaway that you have to do all right i think that's it um thank you guys for listening make sure you go add us on instagram and facebook at let me know pod make sure you go subscribe on itunes spotify anywhere you listen to music or podcasts subscribe that way it helps us get more people when they read the the comment section or the reviews that way they're encouraged to listen and support people like teresa Alright guys, thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you go grab yourself a shirt at teespring.com. I do have pins. Those are at Synesthesia Boutique. Also, if you would just like to DM me because you would like something, a pin, I had a shirt, you can DM me at Let Me Know Pod on Instagram or Facebook. And like I said earlier, I will be doing a, sol- a solo bolo. So if you have any questions, make sure you send those to Let Me Know Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can email me at Let Me Know Pod. I guess with all that said, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being you and supporting me. And thank you guys for letting me be part of your day. I guess the next time I'll see ya. Bye. has been brought to you by let me know podcast new episode every week available on all streaming platforms